You may be seated. Thank you. Good to see you tonight. I hope that you're well. And uh, let's turn our Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 4 this evening. And we'll look at uh, verses 9 and 10. And uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever read through uh, the book of First Chronicles and, you know, the first couple of chapters there, it's all just names and names and names. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can, we can there's, there's different places in the scriptures that you really love to read and there's, there's many things that you can glean from it, you know. Um, all of us enjoy the, the different uh, books of the Bible, it's more narrative, you know, you have First and Second Samuel and you have the stories of David, and you, you, you're familiar with those because often we would teach those through our Sunday school, but also you can follow along a little bit of the story. But sometimes when, when God gives lists, we, we sort of just can skim through it and read through it, and, but we can sometimes forget that really it's all part of, of God's inspired and preserved word, and that God gave every word with, with purpose, and so he preserves this for us. And in First Chronicles chapter 4, there's a list of the, the family of Judah. And he goes through this list, and, and he, he brings out uh, and, and points out one particular one in verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And, you know, out of the list here of those names, God mentions Jabez specifically. He says that he's more honorable than all of his brethren. And, and you know, uh, all of us here, I don't think any of us like to stand out for the wrong reasons. But if you stand out for the right reason, that's a good thing. And, you know, I remember I was, we had a, hosted a, um, a leadership conference over in Singapore. And it was our first one. And we were traveling with, uh, with a group of men. And one in particular was, was someone that's fairly well known in our movement, Pastor Paul Chapel. Right? And, and Brother Chapel, whenever he travels around, he doesn't travel alone, he travels with an entourage. All right? And um, we, were all, we were all told, all of us speakers and, and, and pastors, we said that we were told that we were all going to meet downstairs and we were going to go for a, a bit of a walk and have some coffee and dessert. And so I was, I, we had just arrived the day before, and, and if you know a little bit about Singapore, it's pretty hot, isn't it? And so I asked one of the guys, I said, hey, you know, what's the dress code? And, um, and he said, you know, um, I'm just going to come, and it's pretty hot, so I'm going to wear shorts. And I said, that, that makes sense. So I said, I'm going to wear shorts. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go, and... and I go down the, the, the elevator, I walk out, and I look around, and my friend wasn't there yet, but I had arrived, and everyone else was wearing trousers, and I'm like, look at these guys. They're all Americans wearing trousers, you know, and I'm like, look at them overdressed for coffee and dessert. 
And then my friend comes down, and he comes down, and you know what he was wearing? He was wearing trousers. And I was the only one, and you know what he was doing? He was laughing his head off. He had set me up, you know, and that's, that's when you don't want to stand out. You don't want to, be, you don't want to stand out from the crowd. But I think if, if, if God was the one pointing you out, and it was for good things, then that's, that's when you want to stand out. And, you know, you read through this list of names, and, and no doubt we can study through the first half of this book and look at the, those in the family of Judah. But it just seems to me that God highlights for us this particular person. And he, he, God mentions that he was more honorable than his brethren. And I don't know about you, but I'd love it that if, if I was to come to the end of my life and God was to record the books, you know, if there was an accolade that, that probably all of us would want to aim for, we want to be more honorable than others in God's sight. You know, we could achieve fame and we could stand out for various means, even positive ways in the world. We could, we could receive awards and we could be highlighted for certain things, but if it's God highlighting us, then we should pay attention about that too. And there's reasons that God gives here about Jabez that, that he highlights and he's more honorable. You know, when you look at it, it wasn't just his lineage. There was others in this lineage of Judah. And we know that out of Judah comes the Lord Jesus. We understand that there's a, there's a special a place that Judah plays in, in the lineage of him. But we also understand that it wasn't his birth. It wasn't anything particular. In fact... The Bible says his mother called his name Jabez because I bear him with sorrow. And it just seemed to be that regarding his birth, there wasn't anything special. In fact, it was a little negative. His name was Jabez because he was born with a little bit of sorrow. And the Bible doesn't give us any more than that. So it wasn't those reasons, but it, it is the reasons that we find here in, in verse 10. He says he's more honorable, and, and there's just some things here that we learn in verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. And so what we find, firstly, he was more honorable because he called unto God. He, that means he understood who God is, the one true God. He understood who he was, and then to the point that he called unto God. And what we would say that is, is simply this. Jabez was more honorable because he was a man of prayer. And, and, you know, sometimes we undervalue the things that God really values. You know, prayer is one, isn't one of those things that when you speak about it, it, it incites enthusiasm and excitement. You know, because prayer, if probably if there's any, any kind of spiritual activity that we can do, prayer is probably the hardest thing that we do. It's the thing that fights most against our flesh, and that's why when we pray, often it's, it's countered with, the, with a bit of tiredness suddenly. You know, I, I remember growing up, we would have a lot of, uh, here and there, a lot of all-night prayer meetings. And as a kid, I just remember starting to pray and then waking up, looking around, and saying amen, all right? <laughs> but there's just something that, that seems to be in that, that act of prayer that your flesh fights against. And, and, and yet, when it comes down to it, 
A prayer is an important thing, and something that stood out and, and God mentioned about Jabez that he was more honorable in was just the fact that he called unto God. And I'm going to tell you that if you just be a person of prayer, you're going to stand out. You know, tonight is our, our service. It's, it's, it's a Wednesday night service. It's advertised. It's part of our, our regular schedule of things. But look around. It's a prayer meeting. It's a midweek and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that anyone, everyone else who's not here is not spiritual, but it's the least popular service of the week, right? Someone once said that, you know, your, uh, the numbers on, your, on Sunday morning tell you how popular the church is. And then someone said that the numbers on the Sunday night is, tells you how popular the pastor is. But the numbers on a Wednesday night tell you how popular God is. And, 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 and I don't know how accurate that is, but we understand that there's just something where when you advertise prayer, there's not an, a great deal of excitement to come. And you're immediately going to stand out if you're just going to be a person of prayer. There's just something where there's a labor in prayer. And, and for Jabez here... God said he was more honorable just simply because he called on the God of Israel, saying he was a man of prayer. He was a person who took the time to call out to God. He was a person who, who had a discipline of prayer. And, and you know, it, it'd be interesting if we, were, we could be completely honest, and maybe the only way we can do that is if we had an anonymous survey, if we could be truly honest and say, you know, how much do we pray in the week? And by the way, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we're going to pray tonight, but I hope this isn't the first time you're praying this week. I hope this isn't your fill-in for the week that, you know, this is the time we pray. No, prayer is meant to be done without ceasing. There's meant to be a continuation of it in our day-to-day. There's meant to be this desire to speak with the Lord and commune with Him and align ourselves to His will and His wants and to not only... For him, to let, for, for him to hear our requests, but for us to listen in to him and what he's speaking to us about. And so really, in the first place, he was more honorable because simply he called unto God. He was a man of prayer. But then there's something about his prayer. He also said this in verse 10. Oh, this is what Jabez said. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. You know, sometimes we get a bit of a, bit of a wrong idea about Jabez there's, the, there's the, the, uh, some of the teaching from, uh, from other places that talks about the, the whole idea of the prosperity gospel through Jabez. But we understand here what he was just simply asking for was just blessings from the Lord. You know, uh, sometimes we can be very dry. And, and you might be someone who prays, and it might just be that you, at least you pray for your food. It might just be that, you know, you're at least in the habit of praying in the morning. But I wonder if, if, if we're more honorable than our brethren like Jabez, because really in our prayer, we're also praying for God's blessing. That we're praying for, for God to increase us. And, and Jabez asked to be blessed. He just simply asked, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. You see, he, he understood something about God. He understood that God is one who is, is, is bigger than his, the way he even would think and imagine. He understood that somehow with God, it wasn't simply just this dry duty to do this thing 
of communing with him that actually you can, you can ask of God sometimes more than you can even think. And the, the particular thing he asked was to enlarge his coast. And the interesting about that is, again, he was in the, the tribe of Judah, which meant that specifically they had already an allotment of things, of boundaries of the piece of the land that they had. That was an allotment given to Judah. And within that, everyone who was of the family of Judah had their own allotment um, within, within the, the borders of that. And so he's asking, enlarge my coast. He wasn't saying encroach on everyone else's. He, he, was, saying, he was saying, bless me in what you've given me. Bless me in what your will is for me. Bless me in the allotment you've given me. Help me to understand where, where the bounds of this is. And, you know, sometimes when we pray for blessings, what we're actually praying is, is we're praying for the things that we don't have. We're praying for those things that maybe are beyond what God's will is for us. And we're not actually just surrendering to, to the blessing of God within the field and within the scope of what He already has for us. And, you know, I think sometimes we're praying for change when we should just be praying for better. You know, sometimes within the scope of our families, we're praying for, for, for something that is beyond what God intends for us. And we've got to recognize where God's boundaries are, are for us and then pray within that parameter. You know, um, many times we can just get in trouble with, 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 uh, with fleshly desires and we start to, to, to pray for things that are beyond what God desires for us. And, and we've got to be careful. And, and what, what Jabez understood was where his boundaries were at and he prayed within the parameters of what God had already given him. And he's saying, you know, bless me in that and enlarge it that way. And what he was asking was that he would, uh, he would also gain God's favor. And, and notice verse 10 again, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me. You know what that was? He was asking for God's favor and presence in his life. He was asking for guidance. And, you know, what made Jabez more honorable than his brethren was just simply this. He, he called unto God. He, he asked for blessing. And then really simply, he asked for God's guidance and presence in his life. You know, I, I think sometimes, again, what we, what we lack in prayer is that we sometimes are a bit directive of God. Like we tell God what to do. Like we tell God, this is how it needs to be. And there's a lack sometimes of just a, a humility to ask God to lead us. To ask God to guide us in this situation or to guide us in His will. To guide us within the bounds of what we already know to be His plan is for our lives. And so he was just asking for God's guidance in that. He says, and that thine hand might be with me. And you know, when we... We take our children by the hand, it's because we want to make sure that they're going the right way. And he's saying, he's saying, I'm submitting to your hand of guidance, is what he was saying. He's saying, God, take me by the hand and lead me. Lead me in the way I should go. And, and you know, many times it, in prayer, 
It's not, it's not simply the request, it's simply also a surrendering and an aligning to what God would have and, and it's submitting to His guidance. You know, there's, there's many who would treat God, and we've heard this before, like just a, a, a request line. And we understand God says to, to, to make his, our request known unto Him, but much of prayer is also just understanding what God wants from us, uh, for us and, and humbling ourselves to let Him guide us. And, uh, and Jabez asked for God's hand to be with him, asking for guidance and asking for His hand a blessing to lead and asking for God to direct his life. You know, when was the last time we just simply submitted to God and said, Lord, guide me today. Lord, um, I know who I am. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm, a, I'm this and I'm that. I know who, who I'm meant to be in your will. Now guide me in that. Now help me to be better in this. And we, we sometimes would... would, would do well and we would stand out if we just simply ask God to guide us. But then the last bit in verse 10, notice there he says, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And the last thing he, he simply requested and, and he was more honorable in this was that he, he asked God to keep him from wrongdoing. And evil in this sense is he understood that he could go wrong. He understood that there's, there's the possibility that he could encounter wrongdoing. And so he just simply prayed that God would keep him from any wrongdoing. You know, uh, there's many things that can, uh, can, can distract us and can even um, sometimes even mislead us. And, you know, there's many times when we've been in it for a little while as well for, as Christians that we can start to lean on our own understanding. You know, by experience or by, uh, by habit. And, and sometimes we can take it for granted that actually we still, have, we still have this sinful nature to deal with. And actually none of us have arrived or meant to continue to pursue. And so he prayed... God, keep me from evil. Keep me from wrongdoing. Keep me from wrong thinking and wrong decision making and wrong feelings and wrong motives. He says, keep me from evil. Why? Because um, it'll grieve me. And many times, how, how many of us come to the end of the day and, and perhaps just taken for granted that, you know, we, we sort of know what to do. We know enough that we know what's wrong and right, and yet we come away from the day a little bit disheartened because we did wrong anyway. <laughs> disheartened because, yeah, actually there were some things that now we're going to have to confess before the Lord and get right. When maybe at the beginning of the day we could be more honorable like Jabez and just request that God would help us avoid wrongdoing. And I think... As, as people of, who will pray tonight, uh, maybe we just would, would be more honorable if we would pray a little bit like Jabez and pray within the parameters of what God wants and then surrender to that, asking Him to guide us. But I'm glad that we can pray and I'm glad that we can call out to Him because at the end of the day, what a, what a great privilege it is for us to pray. All right, Jewel, thanks. Thanks.